This is, no, this is the Media Majors podcast. Stop singing. Stop singing with the feet. This is Media Majors. I'm Liam Senior. This is Tom Lockney. Tom, Jesus Christ. This is the, this is the, this is the theme. This is going to be the theme of the podcast. And you are singing over it. This is Media Majors. Hello, hello, and welcome to Sommelier Majors, your favorite wine tasting and pairing podcast. I'm Tom Lockney, and I like a good red. I'm Liam Senior, and I like a hearty, bubbly white. We're, ta- yeah. we're today. We're talking tannins. We're talking legs. We're talking oaky aftertastes. We're really scraping the barrel of things Liam can list off about wine. Get excited for our sponsorship from Club W, everybody's favorite wine tasting sponsor podcast sponsor. I like it. That's good. They know their demographic. Like, who do we want? We want young teens who like getting drunk but feeling classy. Club W. Teens? Wait, teens? No, not teens. I mean millennials. No, no, Well, no. when I was a teen, I liked getting drunk in a good red, so, you know. <laughs> How many teens are throwing extravagant dinner parties where it's like, George, we are serving combo pizza rolls. That goes with red, not white. Brad, invite Jessica and Tracy to our cheese and wine tasting party. Of course, Chad, I'd love to. By the way, here's your bong that I borrowed. (laughs) It's filled with cheese. This is not sommelier majors as much as I would love to be a wine tasting podcast. But no, this is medium majors. My name, or medium majors. This is medium majors. Did you just say your name was medium majors? (laughs) My name is medium majors. My name is... Sommelier Tom, who's had three glasses of wine and is a little bit tongue-tied right now. This is Media Majors, a storytelling podcast about major media, where my co-host Liam and I try to blow each other's minds with uh, fun and interesting stories from our preferred subcultures. I'm interested in video games and internet culture, and Liam is interested in movies and television, stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Sommelier is not a real job. Uh, not all Somalia. Hashtag not all Somalias. Hashtag yes, all Somalias. Uh, hey, maybe don't make a French word your job profession. But let's stop shitting on wine. Now, this is gonna be our, well, at least my part, is gonna be our Christmas story. Speaking of which, A Christmas Story is a 1983 American Christmas oh. comedy. Yay. Have you seen it? I'm assuming you've seen it. Of course I have, yeah. Right, it's, it's, I'm a fan. It's the one where Scrooge travels nope. uh, back no, no, in no. time, and every time he laughs, an angel gets its wings, You're but he oh also boy. has to fight the wet bandits. Yep, that was all correct. Yeah. Except for the first part. It's not Scrooge. It's now Lin-Manuel Miranda in the 2016 update. Oh, wow. That would be something. Huh. Uh, but no, A Christmas Story is the 80s Christmas classic that uh, features short anecdotal stories uh, from raconteur Gene Shepard. It's based on his book, In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. Shepard actually co-wrote the screenplay and does the narration for it. Um, and it was directed by Bob Clark. It is basically the quintessential Christmas classic in the United States. Uh, during this chilly month of December, TBS will probably start playing its marathon where it's just 24 hours of a Christmas story. Ah, TBS. Never funny. A Christmas story. Uh, it actually earned director Bob Clark two Genie Awards. Don't know what those are. Don't really care. And in 2012, the film was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. 
so yeah, it's an undeniable Christmas classic. Uh, people cozy up to watch it every single year during the holidays. But Tom, did you know that there are sequels? Well, I didn't, but I could have guessed is the uh, the direct to DV sequel DVD. Jesus Christ, sequel. No, no, the direct D, D, the direct DVC downloadable video content. Yes, the direct DVC sequel back in 1972. Yeah, before the first one came out. Yeah, when yeah when DVC meant going into a big old computer and having it punch a bunch of cards into a thing, and you had to read it and. It was the script to A Christmas Story 2. <laughs> to christmas Story. Christmas Paradox Machine. Uh, but actually, Tom, there are multiple sequels. And I don't mean like a trilogy. There are different sequels to this movie. All right, so there's a whole cinematic universe. Did they home alone this shit? No. That's what's <laughs> even weirder. It's oh. literally just two sequels that have nothing to do with each other as sequels and barely anything to do with the Christmas story. So more like Halloween 2 to Halloween 3, then? Mm, More like one's called... Well, we'll get into it. My Summer Story, originally released in theaters as It Runs in the Family, is a 1994 film that follows the further adventures of the uh, Parker family from A Christmas Story, and is literally set like six months after A Christmas Story, even though it came out 11 years. Um, This one is actually based on more short stories from Gene Shepard, uh, but the only person that returned for the film is Ralphie's teacher. Do you remember his teacher? Everyone's oh, favorite character. The rock. The rock of that, uh, that oh, man. film program. Just everyone's favorite weird-ass teacher. <laughs> Everyone was recast, including Mary Steenburgen as uh, the new mom. Mary Steenburgen has been in tons of movies now. She was in Step Brothers as Will Ferrell's mom. I think that's where most people. Oh remember. yeah, yeah, I remember she that. She was lady. in it, and then Wallace Wells himself, Kiernan Culkin as Ralphie, with the youngest Culkin brother playing Randy. Oh my God! Isn't that fucking weird? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they pretty much did Home Alone that shit, then, huh? A little bit. So the film sounds terrible. Uh, it's, it takes place in the summer of 1941. It follows several plot lines uh ralph's quest is to find a toy top tough enough to knock the top of the bully in a chalk circle game called kill holy shit liam that sounds so fucking interesting oh my <laughs> god so when you think about it it's almost a prequel to beyblades ah! his dad has a series of skirmishes with the hillbilly neighbors the bumpuses you'll remember their dogs running in, in the kitchen and ruining christmas uh, and he sends a dog about it. I, I don't really care. And at one point, he steps in dog poop, and it's probably very funny. Good. And then Ralphie's mom wants to get a gravy boat. By which she means she it's wants to dish. get her pussy eaten. I guess. Is that what a gravy <laughs> boat is? Because that doesn't make any sense. Well, I guess the vagina is the gravy boat in this scenario. But what's the gravy? Come. Dude, lady come from a vagina. This is a, really gross. This is very gross, but also that lady come isn't gray, like brown. Well, no, but also a vagina isn't a gravy bowl. I'm taking some liberties with this imagery here, Liam. I would just, you know, it's funny that you are. Listen, she's about trapped going. in a loveless marriage, and True. and she has, and uh, you know what? She's got to get, get your that freak gravy on, Miss Mom. You know, it's funny that you, ta- you remember that you brought. Up this because it'll come back at the end actually 
Awesome. Uh, so Ralphie Wait, does... getting your pussy eaten? Yes. Uh, awesome. Ralphie does oh, yeah. get a powerful top. <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> to, to compliment his name. What a, what a generous bottom <laughs> he is. His name's Harold. <laughs> his, very, his parents shunned him when they realized. Because they wanted their boy to be a bottom. Uh, so he does get a powerful top, top, but he knocks both him and the bully's top into the sewer, and that's apparently the end of the movie. Sounds really dumb, and PBS would make a weird series of the Parker family based on all the books that none of them have Wikipedia pages, so it doesn't matter. Uh, it got mixed reviews, uh, but people actually said that it's it's not, it's not that bad. It has the tone of the original film, you know, but it's very different, and, uh, it showed that the series didn't really need Christmas sto- uh, Christmas to be a central focal point. Yeah, I mean, the first film was about that kid wanted to get a gun and then he shot his eye out. Yeah, perfect story structure. He gets what he wants and he pays the price for it. Yeah. Um, so then there's the other sequel. A Christmas Story 2, known in the trailer as A Christmas Story 2 official sequel, is a 2012 film directed oh. by Bryant Levitt and starring... Braden LeMasters. Who is Mr. LeMasters? I don't know. The film is a direct sequel to the 1983 film, totally skipping all the character work that was done in my summer story. Mm. And it was released straight to DVD on October 30th, 2012, just in time for Christmas. So it was not based on any of Gene Shepard's writing. It was basically... Just a re- uh, it was just a rehash written by a guy named Nat Malden. Nat Malden was a writer on Barney Miller, New Heart, Night Court, um, and a, and a, the remake of Doctor Doolittle. Uh, oh, perfect the Eddie holiday. Murphy one. Yeah, like he has oh. a weird open season. He has a very strange resume. He wrote on wow. some of the most popular sitcoms of the '80s, and then some of the stupidest movies of the 2000s. And then the director. Bryant Levant, Levant did the first Beethoven movie about the dog. Oh, the yeah. The Flintstones movies. With John Goodman? And... Yeah. And then the wow. Flintstones sequel, Jingle All the Way, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie, where he uh, fights Sinbad. Classic. Are We There Yet? <laughs> and oh, the Spy Next Ice Door. Ice Cube's breakout role. Oh, yeah. Tom, I'm going to share with you something. Ooh, please do. Let me look upon the face of God, Liam. I'm sending you a link to the trailer for A Christmas Story 2. Hell yes. I'd like you to watch it because it's not good. Oh my god. Yeah. First of all, it looks porny, right? A little bit. Ralphie's back. Oh, wow. He's Yeah, looking. Ralphie's a hunk. A big... Oh, he's a twink, actually. Yeah, Ralphie's a, a uh, pretty little twink. So the film takes place six years, and basically Ralphie just wants to get a car... And he gets it, and then he he crashes it right before he gets it out of the used car lot. This looks like an uh, alternate universe uh, version of the shitty middle. Yeah. Oh, boy, the shitty middle. I don't know what that is. Otherwise known I'm... as the Lucky Pierre. Oh, no. <laughs> Pierre is never lucky in that situation. Well, I don't know. It depends if you've got a... If you've got a horny like, prostate then you're having a grand old time but but it is objectively the shitty middle because you know literally who has shitty. it worse in the human centipede the middle or the back end the middle i wouldn't want to poop into somebody's mouth after eating poop 
Yeah, I feel like that tongue always like in my butt. Nah, no thanks. Not for this guy. So, speaking of tongues and butts, that's basically what the audience thought of this movie. Yeah. Well, hey, are you knocking eating ass, my friend? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, let me Excuse me. That. Let me a lot of that. people think that eating ass is a very powerful I agree method with those of lovemaking. I meant that, like, shitting into someone's mouth is what they thought this movie was like. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, it has no score on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 38% on the, like, audience review aggregate. <laughs> Sounds about right. And people just saying, this is just a Christmas story, but not funny and shitty. <laughs> so some real, some real, uh, real classy reviews. So this is where my story takes a turn. A lot of this I can just recite offhandedly. So, one of the stars in the movie, the, the, the boy Flick, who gets his tongue stuck on the pole, Mm -hmm. His name is Scott Schwartz. Scotty Schwartz, I believe. Now, uh, he kind of... He was in another movie called The Toy as a kid, so he was kind of a wellish known kid actor. And he struck up a friendship with Corey Feldman. Oh! We'll uh -oh. Get, one day we will get to those lovable lads from Liverpool, the Corys. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, in A Christmas Story 2, guess who plays the dad? Um... Not Joe Pesci from the Wet Bandits. The other guy. Oh, the one whose name nobody knows? Yeah. Something Steiner? Jeremy Steiner? That might be Shh. it. Sure, why not? So, Sky Schwartz. He meets Corey Feldman at a party, and Corey Feldman is like, hey, do you want to meet some of my porn star friends? And for some reason, Scotty's like, yeah, I want to meet some of your porn star friends. I didn't so... realize that Corey Feldman had porn star friends, although seeing his latest album that makes a lot of sense yeah we'll get into that one day because it's a whole lot of fucked up weird oh, um man. poor guy so, yeah it's not good uh so this led to scotty schwartz being friendly with the porn industry how friendly you asked he would get non-sexual non-nude roles in some porns playing like janitor or delivery guy number two and these be speaking parts where he wouldn't have to get naked, right? That I mean, I would take that work to be honest with you, just to be like, "Hey, I was in porn." Well, then, imagine that you go to a party and you're like, oh, "I was in porn," and they're like, "What?" And then you go, "No, no, 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 not fucking." I just look at look at this, look at this role that I portrayed. Well, there's an unfortunate side to that because he was then offered to star in a porno called Scotty's X-Rated Adventure, where oh, it's no. literally just about him learning about the industry and fucking and bunch of people eating ass eating puss getting his dick sucked dry just oh like boy. all the classic porn scenarios yeah. there are also scenes where other people who aren't scotty are having sex in it even though it's named after him well you know as you do in porn so here's why i brought it up when i was first introduced to this movie on my various internet searches non-porn related uh mm. which is oh yeah shocking. of course no 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 yeah liam does not watch pornography. No, I, watch I certainly pornography. don't watch pornography. Never have, never will. I watch pornography, but I do research on pornography I don't watch. <laughs> I don't want to see Flick, like, get his Flick licked. <laughs> Fuck that shit. It'll be so embarrassing when somebody comes up to you and says, Oh my god, did you see the latest sequel to Hot Beach Babes? And you don't want to not know what it's about. You'd be so embarrassed. And you don't want to only say, oh, I only watch the odd number ones because they're better. Like some pretentious porn douche. Ooh, porn <laughs> douche. Write that down. That's that's something. <laughs> no, so when I first... Because I remember uh, seeing the previews for A Christmas Story 2 and being like, what the fuck? 
and somehow in my doing because re that came out like four years ago and somehow when i was looking up research for it i saw this picture for scotty's x-rated adventure it had flick on the cover holding a giant pole that like his dick was stuck to like his character in oh Christmas my story. god and it said like uh, you knew Flick as a boy, and now see him as a man. And it oh, almost seemed Jesus. like they were trying to say, "This is the Christmas story porn," because we got Flick in it. And I that image was burned into my retinas. But when I did research today, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find this picture. There's no mention of a Christmas story on the DVD cover for it. And hmm. I, I researched and researched, and I couldn't find it. So I'm gonna start our first listener challenge. So listeners. I know my story was just a, a, a little, a little kind of meh, because I honestly thought that this porn existed and was considered a sequel to a Christmas story, which I've been like, oh, that would have tied the whole thing together, and it wasn't. So, listeners, I'm begging you, find this picture I'm talking about. Tell me if this is real. Did I just make this up? Was this a is fever this, dream? Is uh, this the Berenstein, Berenstein bear effect, whatever that is? No, that was just like a public a publisher in the 60s being on too much acid and making a typo and people are losing their shit over it. People forget that like humans run book publishing companies yeah. and humans in the 70s did tons of drugs. I'm ending my story with this. Too many sequels to a Christmas story. There should really only just be a Christmas story. The second movie is fucked up for existing. Also, Find me this picture. Prove that the porn that Scotty Schwartz was in is yeah. a canon sequel to A Christmas Story. Hell Listeners, yeah. your time is now. Get yourself the gift of A Christmas Story porn just in time for the holidays. A Christmas Hoary or A Christ Ass Story or a uh, uh, something about You'll Shoot Your Eye Out because you shoot so much cum your eyeballs will fall out. Tom, stop me. Uh, Liam, no more. Well, uh, I guess I can't stop you because you've got our sponsor for this week, huh? That's right, I do. I'm just letting you run amuck. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, okay, I got one. When I hear that laugh, I get so nervous. All right. My butt clenches Tom, real tight. What is the problem with children of today? Oh, God. Um, well, if we're talking millennials, they're not buying diamonds. Um, that's, and they've got true. so many genders, Liam. Oh my God! If I had a dollar. Okay, for every well, this already gender. took a turn I didn't want to get into. Ah. No, the real problem is that they've lost the fear of God. Oh, yeah, that too. These godless, these godless heathens are just running around without any fear. So today, Media Majors has partnered with a new sponsor called Put uh, Putting the Christ Back in Christmas Tree. Now, what this Christmas tree does is uh, you, you know, you order it, and it's sent to you. You don't have to pick up the tree anymore, and you decorate it with your family. Ah, what great moments we're making. Sounds very sweet. Very genuine. And then at night, you can burn the Christmas tree down with a controlled fire and making sure you, bl you blame your children, saying, This is because God does not love you because you ah. do not fear him. And if lighting a Christmas tree on fire... If that doesn't make a six-year-old religious, then I don't know what will. Well, I see what you're getting at here. This is sort of like a coal in the stocking situation, but more explicitly religious. Because, I mean, kids these days are so savvy, you know? I see my five-year-old niece, and she's like, You stupid asshole, I know that Coke just made up Santa for Hallmark cards or whatever. 
and you give them a lump of coal, and they can turn it into a new iPhone. And I'm like, how did you do that? That's why millennials aren't buying diamonds, just because we keep giving them coal all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Ugh, what are we doing? We're part of the problem. We are, it's... but you and I are both 58-year-old conservative men named Jim, so it's really oh. not our problem. We yeah. live in the Rust Belt. If we really want to light a fire up under their asses vis-a-vis god and his god shit exactly we burn their childhood memories in front of them making sure to yell at them about how this is their fault because they do not respect god i like it yeah Uh, and if you enter the code media majors you'll get a cross that please don't light the cross on fire it is not the type of message this company wants to send a lot of people have been (laughs) mixing the two up and you know they just want to want to be clear like the yeah, tree that's on just fire. For, that's just Rep- for your child's room to replace hang above it. your daughter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a quick episode. Tom, tell me a story. Liam, I'm going to tell you a quick story. It's kind of not Christmas themed. Also a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> I mean, I barely had a story, so. This is true. We're, oh, we're sorry, guys. We're, we're trying to pump out a bunch of stuff before Christmas. Though I'm very excited for our New Year's episode. Yeah, our New Year's episode's gonna be killer. But like I said, I had a story. It just turns out that I may have made up the ending. <laughs> yeah. Prove me wrong. Do you know who the Yogs cast are? No, you don't. Why am nope. I fucking asking you? Nope. The Yogs cast is a media production company best known for their YouTube channel. So we're talking about YouTubers, so I think you already have a good idea of where this might end up. Um, I, I already feel the diarrhea coming. It was founded in July 2008 by a man by the name of Lewis Brindley. He's one half of the primary duo opposite a boy named Simon Lane. I'm going to send you something just so you have a look at who we're at. I actually like these boys. They're they're genuinely try to be nice people. So. Well, that's good. That's the first yeah. I've heard for YouTubers. Well, they look like YouTubers, that's for sure. Yeah. Lewis is a, is a, a gaunt man, kind of goofy looking they're both british yeah uh, i could tell and, by the name simon yeah and simon is a is kind of a, a portly man who's really kind of goofy and he loves a good laugh you know it's me simon lane and my partner lewis last name the name uh is an acronym formed from lewis brinley's former wow guild uh Ye old goon squad, which is very good. It's it's even spelled O L D E. Ah, the British way of spelling. More e's and u's in words, please. Uh, they got popular with their Minecraft videos in about 2010. I know this because I actually used to subscribe to these guys. I I don't really like uh, YouTubers anymore, but these guys seem to be like perfectly all right folk. That's good. To give you an idea of the size of this this company, uh, because they eventually, as they've grown, more folks have joined on, creating what is known as the Yogscast family. Mm-hmm. As of 2015, they had 15 staff members, 20 officially noted network channels, over 20 million subscribers, and an annual revenue of about 2 million pounds. Wow. Hey, guys, <laughs> redistribute the wealth a little bit here, y'all. Yes, why don't, seriously. Why don't you... Oh, we don't use percents in England. We don't understand. Sorry. <laughs> Everything's metric, in it. And these guys love games, specifically Minecraft style. I mean, and how ships. they're 
yeah how their channel got big and and they also clearly genuinely have a uh, a real appreciation for the game and what it's trying to do systemically mechanically which is just bringing people together they decide that they want to get in on that good good development action and in may of 2012 they launch a kickstarter to create yog ventures an open world sandbox adventure game openly drawing ex- inspiration from minecraft interesting so oh, would it be all like blocky no 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 and that was one of the things that they uh marketed it was like oh we have like real terrain that you can like destroy in real time and oh cool it's a 3d yeah yeah 13,647 people back to this project surpassing the 257 the 250 thousand dollar goal to reach 567 thousand six hundred and sixty five dollars man talk about a one-up block i don't yeah. i don't know what video games hey. are <laughs> hey uh lewis and simon choose to be the faces of the game both as t- in terms of avatars but also as the pr folks okay. even though it is being developed by a actually developed uh not by them by a brand new studio called winter cool that's uh, uh k-e-w-l winter cool games a six-person team that sounds like a mint made for teenagers. <laughs> hey, had your first beer and need to get that flavor out of your mouth? Winter cool. Yeah. It seems unclear whether the game or the studio came first. Whether they, they got together with their friends and were like, hey, you know how to develop stuff. We want to make this game. Let's join forces. Or whether Winter Cool was formed, we're looking for a project, and Lewis and Simon, the Yogg's cast, said, oh, we have a project for you. Uh, so they think that this is going to go great. Yogscast and Wintercool, though, have no experience whatsoever. And this isn't a particularly happy part of the story. So we're going to play a game, Liam. Oh, no. Is it the number one? No. I want you to stop me. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to tell me to stop the moment that this Kickstarter description starts to give you pause. Okay. I can do that. What will Yogg Ventures be like? Yogg Ventures is going to be an open-world sandbox game designed first and foremost as a multiplayer experience. The game will allow you to create and shape worlds, then easily share them and play with friends. We're going to take the idea of a build-your-own-adventure to the extreme. Yogg Ventures will provide simple-to-use tools to design worlds that will match your imagination and are packed with thrilling stories and epic adventures. You'll have control over everything. From buildings and dungeons to the NPCs and mobs. Mobs are enemies. Okay. Yogg Ventures will be the ultimate modders game where even the rules of winning and losing can be tweaked. Something seems a little off, but keep going. Nothing super weird. Think adventure maps in Minecraft, only now you aren't limited to just blocks. The game utilizes technology called marching cubes which allows us to generate fantastic new world terrain that is random and editable. This means the terrain will be vast, interesting, and fully destructible. No, that's... It's just going to turn into porn. I'm going to stop there. Yeah, that's where I'd put the red flag. So that, conceptually, all that is totally on the level. Like, I'm, I would love to play a game like that. But I don't trust anybody else that plays video games. Well, here's the thing. This is a brand new studio consisting of six people with heretofore 
no development skill whatsoever or ex uh, experience running a project. They, they've all developed, worked on developing things, but none of them have run game development. Certainly the Yogg's cast have not. How, are they even game designers? No, they're not. Oh, boy. This would be like talking to your, uh, like... Like if you were a Las Vegas architect and decided to star, write, and direct in your own movies. <laughs> and perhaps the most ambitious and egregious claim they made was that they would complete development in under a year, ah. releasing this game in December of 2012. Oh, no. And if you know anything about game design, you know that it takes a long-ass time to make a video game. Hells, yeah. I think, I think we know exactly where this story is going. They accidentally created Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, they made the best game of all time, and everybody was so happy. Uh, we made we made Skyrim six by accident, didn't we? Oh, oh no! Um, oh no! We plumb. We, we made metal. We made Death Stranding. I don't know oh, what that no. voice is. The game is officially canceled by July of 2014 after toiling in a very acute development hell for over two years. Yeah. Damn. That's some Ghostbusters 3 hellbent shit. Yeah. And in a statement released to backers, Brimley says, As you may have heard, Wintercool Games has stopped work on Yogg Ventures. But this is actually a good thing. Yes. How so, Tom? Well, that that's directly from the quote. Oh. The project... Yeah, this is... Yeah. Lol, shade being thrown. Yeah. The project was proving too ambitious and difficult for them to complete with their six-man team, something that I might have told them at the beginning when they started this Kickstarter, maybe even before then. While this was Wintercool's project, we put a lot of time, energy, and effort into trying to help them realize their dream. Since we heard the news, we've been working hard behind the scenes to make sure that you still get awesome stuff and cool experiences. Although we're under no obligation to do anything, Instead, we're going to do our best to make this right and make you really glad you backed the project. That's actually not true. Under the Kickstarter terms of services, you are 100 for fucking percent obliged to do something. Yep. You can't repay customers. Because that's not how Kickstarter works. Should I say how Kickstarter works? I would like to know some more about how it works. Kickstarter is a crowdfunding website. You set a goal. So, like... By January 13th, 2016, uh, 2017, I want $40. And I put that online. And if people like me and support me and enjoy the cause, whatever I want $30 for, they can contribute whoa, whoa, to Whoa, whoa, whoa. $30 or $40? How, how much green am I spending on your dreams here? Uh, we're really shooting for the moon. We're going to stick with $30. Let's, get, let's do it. However, if you surpass that goal... You can offer stretch bonuses. So if if you hit forty dollars, maybe like I'll make you a personalized thank you note. If you hit fifty dollars, I'll send you a lock of my hair. Also, there are different tiers at which you can contribute. So if you one dollar, give... you'll get like a thank you in the credits if it's a movie. Two dollars, yeah. you'll get you come on set for a day and like meet the cast. Like there's it's uh, yeah. perks. $10, you'll get, like, an early cut of the movie. $20, uh, Liam will give you an awkward hand job in Tom's bathroom. Yep. It will be awkward. I'll talk about Frasier the entire time. 
but once you hit July or January 13th, nobody can donate money anymore. That project is officially closed, whether or not you've made your goal. And if you haven't made your goal, everybody gets their money back. But if you have, that's your money now. And you get to do whatever you want to with it. And if I'm correct, you're also not... I just heard a lot of people on other podcasts talk about how, like, yeah, I gave Kickstarter money to a thing, and I have not heard about it since, and I have not received any perks. Well, and this is, and, and well, that's where I want to end the story on, sort of as a discussion about that, because I think that that's the only way we can make this story interesting. <laughs> they eventually give backers a Steam key for a game called Tug, which is a similar game with a similar premise. I uh, should note, this is not perfect comp- compensation. So what about the people who already have Tug or don't want it? Um, also, I would like to just quickly run through the the pledge tiers of backers yeah go for it 980 pledged 90 or more 93 pledged 200 or more 120 300 or more 37 500 or more uh one person pledged 2000 or more five people pledged 5000 or more yikes another five 10,000 no. or more. No. That's the highest one. Oh, boy. The Yogs cast distances themselves from the project, and Wintercool, even though they're bankrupt and they disband, eventually releases a, a report of where the money went. Uh, of the $567,000, 415 was allocated for development. 300 of that was used to pay developer and artist salaries. And I'm going to end it on the big number that a lot of people throw around here. $35,000 was given to one artist who, two weeks after accepting the contract, also accepted full-time employment at LucasArts, who forbade them from working with Wintercool on the side. So no work was completed in those two weeks. So they paid somebody $35,000, the contract was signed, money changed hands, and nothing came of it. Wow. And this is a cautionary tale about both running a, running a crowdfunding campaign and contributing to a crowdfunding campaign. Because if I was still into the Yogg's cast at this point and I had read this Kickstarter... There's not a million years you would have had to put a gun to my head, and even then I would have had to think twice before contributing to this because people with no game development experience, not just coding, but creatively, how do we get art? Um, what do we want this thing to look like? Who does what job? How do we allocate responsibility? These guys are running a business, but they have never been in charge of running a game development business. Did they not realize how much work and time has to go into making a game? Like, were they not even coders? Just like... So many people don't understand. No Man's Sky, a game that came out this year that we will do an episode on, was supposed... Well, not was supposed to, but was was sort of marketed a little bit as a multiplayer game, but it is not. There is no multiplayer function in the game. However... Um, that did not stop people from being mad about it. And I, there was one comment being passed around where somebody on Reddit said, oh, just uh, allocate one person. It'll take a week of coding at most, and you'll have multiplayer in this game, which is 
beyond stupid. That is a beyond stupid point of view to say. It is not a one person, especially for something like No Man's Sky, which is really ambitious and is, is this infinitely procedurally generated universe. It is It is insane to think that you could ever with one person in a week in a week in a week in a nothing week. has ever been coded in a week yeah nothing's ever been done in a week yeah <laughs> no, nothing has ever been done in a re- week rome wasn't built in a day it wasn't built in a week <laughs> the only thing that was done in a week are shitty college papers and they're done in an afternoon the day yeah. before it's due this podcast takes Four days to record. I don't know yep. if you know that. We cut out a lot of fat in that. A lot of just a sleeping, us eating breakfast in the morning after sleeping. Yeah. Me but, making ham steaks for Tom, even though we mm. don't live in the same place. <laughs> I, there are so many people that fundamentally do not understand how hard it is to develop a video game, and this is this is symptomatic of that. So on on the administrative side, you have this this real failure to take a step back and go like, wow, this is a really fucking ambitious game we're making. This is a fucking crazy, stupid, ambitious game. Like Minecraft was a small indie game when it started, but when it got big, that team expanded. When it started making bank, they hired more people mm-hmm. on to improve the user experience because you could not sustain minecraft with the original team size you just you just couldn't well if i may say something about like the proper way to kickstart you know i i go to an art school and i see a lot of people start gofundmes for student films and for i saw one of my friends was asking a thousand dollars to put on a play of his and that's like ridiculous like i didn't ask for it like you know i mean that's just me i tried making a horror film with one of my friends and we didn't add we had no money in the budget and we had to stop for location reasons, but we still managed to shoot some horribleness. And when we did junk, we like didn't put any money in it, and uh, we're still able to make stuff because we're young and don't feel the need to like make a bunch of promises to basically our parents' friends. Like that's what student crowdfunding <laughs> is. But yeah. lo- if you look at like, so uh, I'm a big Mystery Science Theater 3000 fan, and they had the biggest Kickstarter thing in the history of the website. And for a long time, they are still making updates and, like, keeping people informed. And it's just so surprising to me that, like, why make promises that you know you're not going to be able to fulfill, even for a quick buck? Yeah. That's just inherently a bad thing. Yeah, a lot of people accuse the, the Yogg's cast and Winter Cool of, of, like, deliberately misleading people in a ploy to get money. And I... I mean, there's no evidence to suggest either for or against. I choose not to believe that. They seem like decent people. I mean, like, I fucking hate YouTubers. I really, really do. But because YouTubers are so popular, it's actually uh, weirdly destroying network TV while making cable TV really great. But uh, if you want to see how bad YouTube's gotten, I would watch an episode of The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and laugh. Tell me if you laugh. Because he's basically just a U- like a YouTube clip generator of a show. Yeah. Um, or or just watch like literally any video by PewDiePie or something. Fucker. I am clearly not a fan of YouTubers, and even I kind of like these guys, even though I don't really uh, parlay to their content anymore. 
I don't think this was malicious. I think this was just uh, pure incompetence, um, yeah. which is how a lot of Kickstarters fail, is, is just people not knowing how to approach the medium of crowdfunding and, and, and also people getting suckered in uh, by, by unkeepable promises. Like anybody with half a mind paying attention would look at this and pump the brakes and not fund it, and then nobody gets hurt. Um, crowdfunding is a is a two way street. I mean, you do have to promise, and you do have to follow through on them, but you also have to be a smart consumer. In this case, the people who donate to that guy who's like, "I want to make a bowl of potato salad," and his Kickstarter thing got funded, like they are just as responsible for internet stupidity as fucking YouTubers, in my book. Yeah. Um. So that's my story. They consider this a really black mark on their career, which. I mean, like, over half a million dollars. Like, that's a pretty fucking big mark. And Were it, they able to bounce back from it? Like, are they still doing their YouTube? Oh, channel? yeah, they're still doing YouTube. I mean, like, 2015, this was a 2012 thing. Canceled in 2014, and then 2015, they're doing um, 2 million euros a year. Or or pounds, rather. I would say but, pounds, not euros, unless they're Irish. Yeah, that's that's my story. Again, oh. uh, this is a this is a kind of shorter... Episode. episode yeah i mean we're, we're literally we're, recording this like a couple days after the last one yeah and we're doing another one in a couple days just because i'm gonna be away for a bit and then <laughs> i think the next episode after we record together will be the live one. Oh shit yeah i think that'll be so that's let's take that into plugs uh we forgot to talk about it last episode we have a live show coming yep. up what comedy theater is it you ask don't be ridiculous <laughs> what gaming convention did we get into now now don't be mean we are doing a show in dc it is going to be january 8th in the early evening we're aiming yep. at a six o'clock time if you are in the area and you would like to come to the show email us at media majors podcast at gmail.com dm yep. the twitter account uh leave a comment Find our Facebooks. There's so many ways to get in touch with us. If you want to come see this show, you will be able to see it. Because it is in my home, and I would rather not put out my address onto the internet, willy-nilly. We're not going to do that, Tom. We're also going to make sure these people aren't creeps. Exactly. Um, but no, we would love to have some actual fans and not just our friends and my parents. Yeah. I, I think it's okay to say that I am I am a bit of a comedian, of a comedy performer. I, I bet, do yes. comedy. Uh, stage comedy in front of people uh, so I'm excited because this will be Tom's first comedic performance is that safe to say? yeah yeah. And this is 100% it'll be great I'll be an awkward little boy the only time the only times I've ever been on stage is like playing shows and my uh, music totally is not different. good for making jokes <laughs> This will also be the first time my parents get to see me. Well, no, my dad saw me do a shitty improv set a couple years ago, but I don't like to talk about that. Um, <laughs> it was past midnight in a bar basement. Stars in my eyes. Uh, no, this will be the first time my parents get to see me do live comedy, so why don't you join them? You can tell them that you're a fan of mine. Make them feel uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, we've already picked our stories out. Eric and Jane are going to be reading stories. Um, it's going to be a really fun night. So. Yeah. Message us. Uh, and then I do stuff on YouTube. It's all on the plugs page. I make music under the name Sword Dinosaur. Check yeah. it out. Tom, what do you have to plug? 
Check our fucking plugs page. I'm really tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'll live if I don't plug stuff for one episode. So, but, yeah. Thank Come you so much show. for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to tell stories, get in touch with us. We would love to have your story on or have you on to tell yes. stories. Um, preference to marginalized people, of course. Yeah. Uh, women, people of color, LGBT. Q plus, yeah. plus anyone else and then uh if there was something that we missed something that you think we need to be corrected on and you want it read on the podcast um email us get in touch with us we can do that too yeah thank you again for listening like and subscribe on itunes uh, Rate any little us. bit helps um i just just so that way we aren't it doesn't seem like people are spamming uh itunes with false reviews how about we switch it up every week so oh right 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 this week if you like us sell itunes that you'd like a lump of media majors in your stockings for christmas yep yeah if you like us and if you don't like us um... say no way no way jose yeah there you go perfecto awesome and as always tom will <laughs> will be there in bed asleep and drunk for you Yo. Love you. Thanks, guys.